0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So, uh, you know, they had that Oklahoma rally for Trump a while ago, and a bunch of uh teeny boppers on, on TikTok, that app associated with the uh with Chinese with the Chinese Communist Party, they sabotaged the event by reserving tickets they never planned on using. Well, they tried that again. <laughs> the <laughs> failure was Hilarious! They wound up donating to the Trump campaign. I want to get to that story. Um, I also want to get to the uh, the tech tyrants folks and what they're doing. They are now doubling and tripling and quadrupling down um, on being in the tank for Democrats and liberals. Twitter, Google, Facebook, it's disgusting. It's abhorrent. Um, it's really the suppression of free speech. It's uh, Again, it's not illegal. These are private companies. I'm not suggesting that. Um, I do believe it's immoral, unethical. Uh, I don't believe it fosters free competition. And I want to show you how we can fight back because that's super important. And I mentioned this before, but I don't think it's being entertained right now. We have to fight back or we're going to lose. That is the new public square and conservatives aren't allowed to talk anymore. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. My savvy listeners have a VPN. Why? They don't want people prying on their internet activity online. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, sir, I am doing fair to middling. I yeah, you, liked your English, night, yesterday. You, do any- <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I that know. I know. You put that. Joe does these cuts after yeah, the show. I put good. on Instagram, and I noticed you use it here too. far. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Didn't yeah, I did. You? Yeah, you do. You sometimes you have to say things in an English accent, yeah. um, especially when you're a Democrat. It makes you sound more serious when everybody knows um, you're ridiculous. So it's good red- cut yesterday, Joe. <laughs> yeah, uh, well babe. done. We always appreciate that. Oh, thank you. All right, uh, we got a lot to get. Through today, a lot of that I got also today in the Biden follies. uh Biden thinks he's running for Senate again. Apparently, he's confused as <laughs> Biden knows this. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Policy Genius. It's Halloween this month, and Policy Genius would like to mark the occasion by making making something less scary for once. Life insurance shopping for life insurance could seem like a daunting task, but Policy Genius makes it easy. They combine a cutting edge insurance marketplace with help from licensed experts to save you time and money. Right now, you can save fifty percent or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance. Huh, what a deal! When you're shopping for a policy, last for more than a decade, those savings really add up. Here's how it works: First, head to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need, compare quotes from the top insurers, get your best price. Policy Genius will compare policies starting as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And the best part is they work for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the process, they'll take care of everything. That's given Policy Genius a five-star rating across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance, head to PolicyGenius.com right now to get started. You can save 50% or more by comparing quotes. PolicyGenius.com. Policy genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, Joe, let's go. Back to the digital bell. Kenny Bell's taking a little sideline for today. So uh, let's start with this tech tyranny stuff, because as you know, uh, me being a part owner of of, uh, Rumble and Parler, having equity interests in the competitors to both YouTube and Twitter, um, these stories fascinate me. But ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at unprecedented interference by the tech tyrants here. You know, why am I bringing this up with Amy Coney Barrett and everything? And we got stuff on that, too. Don't you worry. We got a stacked news day today. Um, But, folks, we're just, I mean, we're just weeks away from it. We're not even weeks away from an election. I already voted. The election's over for me. Me and Paul already voted. We're in an election right now. And these big tech titans are abusing you. They're abusing their authority. Again, I'm not suggesting what they're doing is illegal. They are private companies. I want to be crystal clear on that. Right. But I am suggesting to you what they're doing is anti-competitive, immoral, and will lead to the long-term destruction of their business model, just like big media who tried this too before we had places like Fox News, Breitbart, Bongino.com, The Federalist, and otherwise. They are systematically attacking and silencing conservative voices. And given their monopoly over the public space, this is dangerous. It's effectively you 200 years ago going out into the town square trying to advocate for your candidate and some free marketeer buying up all the streets. This is a better analogy than I thought. I just made this up on the fly. Sorry, I know self praise things. But buying up all the streets and saying, no, you can't talk here. No, you can't talk there either. You can't talk. Remember, there were no telephones or anything. No, no, you can't talk to everything. Well, where can I talk? You can talk in your house. Free speech. You still have free speech. I'm not a representative of the government. I just bought up all the streets. The government's not telling you you can't speak. I just bought them all. That's what's going on right now, folks. Julie Kelly has a terrific piece in the show notes. Please read this. To access the show notes, go to Bongino.com newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. Subscribe for free. I'll send you these articles every day. American Greatness, Julie Kelly, who's been all over this. Ladies and gentlemen, there's unprecedented election interference going on by these tech tyrants. If we don't do something soon, this is going to be over. His big tech breaking campaign finance laws. Julie Kelly, American Greatness. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. I've been talking about this for, gosh, four years now. It's a dead end with this Section 230 stuff. Section 230 that what they want to do is some people are trying to change 230 and suggesting that. And folks, I want to be candid. I go back and forth on this, depending on when new information services, these tech tyrants are claiming their platforms. We're independent. We're just platforms. People publish what they want. We're not responsible for it. Everybody got it. It's not what they're doing. A lot of them are acting as publishers, kind of like the New York times. Now, I don't think getting rid of Section 230, which enables them to do that, which would effectively make them de facto publishers and susceptible to lawsuits, is the answer. I don't think, I I just don't think that's the answer for a number of reasons. I owe you those reasons. Number one is now having seen it from the inside and how it works, it's not a moneyed interest thing for me. It's having more expertise on the issue now. It would really empower Twitter and Facebook more. Because any free market competitors to those products, Parler and others, what if, again, we label a tweet sensitive because it has some gore in it, but we don't want to delete it? Maybe it's a terror attack. Is that making us a publisher too? We don't have the ability to, you know, we're not a multi-billion dollar enterprise like Facebook yet. We don't have the ability to fight that out in court. Facebook and Twitter can fight that out all day. I think that's why they quietly want this 230 thing to go away. Because they know it'll eliminate their competitors. That makes sense, Joe? Yeah. Easily, yes. But there, but there is, is another route. <laughs> that was funny. I almost aired into my English session. But there is another <laughs> route. There's another route here. There's another route to go that I suggested a long time ago that Julie, uh, Julie Kelly hammers. I'll get to a piece in a minute where she lays out the problem and the solution. Ladies and gentlemen, what about election law? If you are going to start playing games and playing footsie with political candidates, you never do the same for Democrats, but you're only hammering Republicans. Twitter fact-checking tweets, sanctioning tweets, putting warnings on tweets. And it only seems to happen to Donald Trump, people like Laura Loomer in Florida, who's been banned from Twitter altogether. Uh, other candidates as well who've had their message, whether you agree with it or not, sanctioned, censored, or put little warning labels on it, then ladies and gentlemen, you are de facto making a donation to the opposition. Amen. By creating a platform that benefits the opposition to the candidate, the Republicans you're sanctioning. Did we not mention this, Joe? Yes, Years sure. ago? And yes, Julie Kelly's on top of this right now. An in-kind donation to a campaign is not a monetary donation. But it is a donation nonetheless. If I want to donate to a campaign, there are campaign limits. If I wanted to say play play, play uh, you know, play some scam or stunt, what you could do is say, well, listen, can't Joey Bag of Donuts campaign? Because I can only donate, say, what is it, $5,200 to you? I think I can do more. And here's what I'll do. I'll let you use my campaign offices so you don't have to rent anything and all our technology so you don't have to pay for it. That's like $20,000 in value. But I won't give you any money. Winking and a nod, totally illegal. That has to be declared as an in-kind donation, not cash, but has a value. How is that any different from what Twitter and Facebook are doing right now by attacking conservative candidates for office? How? Please explain. This needs to be litigated to death because it's not fair. And maybe it'll open their eyes. Let's go to Julie Kelly's piece. What's going on now? What happened recently that has me all fired up about this? Well, Twitter is also pledging to give quote context, context, folks, to trending topics. Context. I thought they weren't. I thought they were only a platform, not a publisher. Don't publishers give context? That's what they do. Purportedly, so users get an idea why a subject is popular. And, quote, to reduce the potential for misleading information to spread. On Sunday, the company added a disclaimer to the, quote, 82% of Americans trend, which referred to the percentage of Americans who will see a tax hike if Biden uh, repeals the Trump tax cuts. Twitter cautioned users that the figure promoted by the RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, quote, created some mathematical inconsistencies. This is this is infuriating. Wow. Infuriating. I know because Joe and I have talked about this repeatedly. If Biden gets elected, you are going to see your taxes go up. Just do the math yourself. You got a tax cut under President Trump. Pretty much everyone. The middle class, their rate went from 25 percent to 22 percent. Twitter morons. That means it went down. Additionally, for Twitter morons, if you were in the lower middle class, your taxes before Trump were 15 percent of your income, they're now 12. That means they went down to the Twitter imbeciles on the board who can't do basic math. That statistic Ronna McDaniel tweeted out there that 82 percent of Americans will see their taxes go up if Biden is elected is a mathematical certainty. I would argue that undersells how many Americans are going to see their taxes go up. And yet Twitter, quote, has added context. Added context meaning what? They are acting as a publisher. They are not a platform Twitter. And not only that, they are effectively publishing op-eds and opinion pieces by Democrat talking points, giving a large, enormous, in-kind donation. How is the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, not involved here? Now, Julie Kelly makes some interesting points about how There's not a quorum right now, so there's not much the FEC can do. But ladies and gentlemen, this is a very gray area in terms of litigation. The Democrats understood a long time ago that what? To quote my good friend Tom Fitton, the process is punishment. What does that mean? Liberals figured out a long time ago that the legal process, suing people, lawsuits, that that process, regardless of the result, win or lose the lawsuit, is in fact a punishment because nobody wants to go to court well it's time republicans played that same game folks how is this not in court with twitter right now with facebook and others google youtube how is this not in court they are making a massive in-kind donation to the joe biden campaign where real damages can be calculated You can calculate the penetration of a tweet by Donald Trump on average based on his following and average reach. If you censor that tweet, you can calculate the financial damage. And in fact, that would be an in-kind donation to the Biden campaign. How is this not in court? How is it not in court damage to the Republican Party and Ronna McDaniel when you fact checked with erroneous nonsense her tweet about uh, Biden's massive tax hikes? How is that not a donation to the DNC? It's a disgrace. Again, why I'm involved in parlor? where you speak freely, Democrat or Republican. We don't censor your stuff. You want to make a prediction about the election? You can't do it on Twitter. You can do it on our platform. Julie Kelly goes on about this in-kind donation thing, which I'm not trying to take any steam out of her engine here at all, folks. She's very smart. But this is a topic, again, we talked about, Joe, I I know, you know, in the old studio years ago. Yes. Where this was the real path towards taking these tech tyrants on is they are making campaign donations in kind to opposing candidates. Here's the second screenshot from this piece. The president, the DOJ and congressional Republicans have fixated on reining in biased big tech companies by eliminating Section 230 protections. Time and resources, however, might be better spent, yes, pursuing legal recourse against these companies for openly campaigning on behalf of Democrats in possible violation of federal law. Yes. Another angle could involve accusing the Biden campaign and Democrat Party of failing to report in-kind campaign contributions from big tech during this cycle. Maybe uncharted territory, but plenty of options are on the table. Ladies and gentlemen, Julie nails it. This is a disgrace which is going to have long-term ramifications. We have a public, spa- a, a public square you were not allowed to campaign on because the tech tyrants bought all the streets. They've left us screaming from the outside. Granted, it's been great for our business at Parlor, Fantastic. But I'm in this to try to save the country. I'm not in this to, like, cash in on it. I wanted to give you an alternative. But these companies need to be taken on regardless of what happens with Parler or Rumble. What they're doing is not fair. It is unethical. And although they may have a legal argument and a good one saying, hey, we're a private company. We can do what we want with free speech. Fine. But that doesn't mean you can impact federal campaigns by discriminating against them and making donations to the Democrats. No, no, no. It's got to stop quick or you're going to have a far different country when you grow up imagine a public square where all these leftist lunatics or voices are heard now they own the culture they own academia they own social media we're the real renegades not them the leftists are the conformist lemming losers walking off a cliff together not an ounce of ideological confrontation their entire lives it's disgusting it's pathetic all right, I didn't miss the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. I'm going to get to that. Um, they're going on now. Folks, it's, listen, it's not a lot to report. I wish there were. Paul and I were talking about it before the show. There's a strong likelihood she's going to be confirmed. The Democrats, of course, are doing really stupid things again, like attacking her faith, uh, You know, promoting all the nonsense. She's going to repeal the ACA. She can't repeal the Affordable Care Act. I wish she could. It's a total disaster. Get to that in a minute. Let me get to my second sponsor today, our friends at Rush Tax Resolution. Happy to have them on board, ladies and gentlemen. You know tax season, right? Just around the corner. <laughs> Anybody like that? If you're getting scary notices from the IRS, like a threat of bank levies or wage garnishment, you're crazy to try to deal with the IRS on your own. Don't. You'll get crushed. Call the pros. My friend Sean Hannity's been raving about them for years. Rush tax resolution. They are A-plus rated on the Better Business Bureau with an incredible Zero. Complaint history. That's a goose egg for complaints. And they're the only company I recommend. End your tax problems for good. Like one client. Let's call him Gary. Gary owed $58,000 in rush tax settled with the IRS for how much? $100. Wow. Call now to find out upfront and for free what kind of relief you qualify for. And now through October 31st, 2020, mention my name, Dan. And if you become a client, they'll send you a signed by me copy of my newest mind-blowing book, Follow the Money call 1-800-217-3715. That's 1-800-217-3715, 1-800-217-3715, or go to RushTaxResolution.com slash Dan. That's RushTaxResolution.com slash Dan. Go today. Okay. So uh, I didn't forget about the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. The, um, I just think the Democrats are really destroying themselves and I'd like to see them continue to do it because they're humiliating themselves, attacking the woman on her Catholic faith, repeatedly making insinuations, uh, innuendo, um, just degrading stuff for such an accomplished woman. And it's disgusting. And as Paula said to me this morning, and she's right, you know, watching these idiots up there question a woman of such high intellect is quite rewarding for me because it exposes again how these... um, Members of the United States Senate and others, especially on the Democrat side, how it's just amazing in a country of 330 million people, the dumbest people all managed to get elected to the U.S. Senate. It's just a statistical anomaly I can't figure out. And when they deal with someone of superior intellect, like Amy Coney Barrett, who finished number one in her class, in her law class, they are so outmatched, it's just funny watching them collapse and wilt under pressure. But the Democrats, of course, are making a big stink. We saw Cory Booker and other uh, losers up in the Senate yesterday saying this is such an anomaly. Filling a Supreme Court seat by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in an election year. This is an anomaly, folks, for the liberals uh, listening. That means it's unusual. I know we have to do the damn Bongino thesaurus here uh, when you guys and ladies are listening. It's a shame. I feel bad. But um, is it really an anomaly? So the great uh, Tom Elliott over at Grabian always has the best supercuts out there. And Tom put together a little super cut here of Democrats themselves, from Hillary Clinton to Joe Biden, talking about filling a seat in an election year. And uh, it's not exactly the talking points from the focus group, lick your finger, uh, you know, see where the wind is blowing, that they're promoting now. This is the Democrats—a montage of them, a supercut, suggesting, "Yeah, we definitely have to fill that seat in an election year." Check this out. The only court packing going on right now—it's going on with Republicans packing the court now. It's not constitutional what they're doing. Implicit in the Constitution is that the Senate will. Act on its constitutional responsibility of give its advice and consent. They, in my view, are required to give the nominee a hearing and a vote. So far, most Senate Republicans have refused to even meet with Judge Garland, which means they've also refused to do their job and hold a hearing on his nomination. This is an abdication of the Senate's responsibility. We hope the saner heads in the Republican Party will prevail on Chuck Grassley and on Mitch McConnell to do their job. This is someone of great merit, a consensus candidate, who this fine public servant deserves a hearing. They're not being fair, and they're certainly not living up to the historic precedent of the Senate, which has never, never refused a hearing to a presidential nominee. We've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. Some of us better sit down there quietly and say, we raised our hand to God. Did we meet it, or did we? The court should not be dragged down into the ordinary morass and muck of partisan politics. And here, again, the Republicans, in fact, are shutting down the government. President Obama has done his job and nominated Merrick Garland to be the ninth justice. It's time for the Senate Republicans to do their job. <laughs> Listen, I mean, no one actually believes the Democrats have any principles. No one's ever believed that, Um, especially Democrats running for president up there in the Congress. Uh, But it's just a joke watching them say now this is so unprecedented. While the very same people, Hillary Clinton, Biden and others, are lecturing the press just a few years ago when Obama made an election year selection of Merrick Garland, telling us the exact opposite. You may say, well, the GOP blocked it. Yeah, but it's because the GOP was in charge of the Senate and they could. And the Democrats would have done the same thing. So please spare me the nonsense, folks. This is political power. We elected Senate Republicans. They have a majority. And that's what they're going to do. When you win, you can do the same thing. I hope you don't. You may, Democrats. You can put up whoever you want for the judgeships. And you can advise and consent and place them in those seats. A-OK. I don't like it. But that's how the cookie crumbles, ladies and gents. But please spare me the media talking head nonsense about how the Democrats are so principled here and the Republicans started this fight. The Democrats started this decades ago with Robert Bork, where they had to politicize every single Supreme Court nomination. So please take your nonsense and ram it up your wazoo, wherever the wazoo is. Another thing I heard yesterday during the hearings, which again, is another Democrat lie. It's hard to parse through all the Democrat lies, but that's what I do for you on the show. I wake up every morning committed to debunking liberal nonsense because it's everywhere, but you do have to prioritize it because all of liberalism is nonsense. It's a it's a forest fire. I was going to say something else, but I have to pass. You know what I was going to say? No? She does not Yeah, she can only imagine it. <laughs> The Democrats keep bringing up in this hearing with Amy Coney Barrett, Well, oh my gosh, Obamacare is going to go away and people with pre-existing conditions, uh, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions are going to lose their health care. Ladies and gentlemen, Obamacare sucks. Obamacare will always suck. Why? I've explained this to you a thousand times, but for my newer listeners, I'll explain it very simply again. Obamacare is two things. The people who like Obamacare only like it because they don't understand it. When you explain to people what Obamacare is, I'll get to the pre-existing conditions thing they're using against Judge Barrett and how not that's nonsense too. I t- discussed it a little last week. But this is important you understand what Obamacare is first. I'm not kidding. When you ask people about Obamacare and they say it polls well, it polls well Till you tell them what Obamacare actually is. It is two things. Granted, there were subordinate details of it that are important, too, but the two top of the totem pole key tenets of Obamacare are a thing called community rating and another thing called guaranteed issue. It's basically this Obamacare dictated to the insurance companies community rating, which means they couldn't charge people who were older Three times, more than three times more than they would charge people who are younger for roughly the same insurance coverage. Now, you may say to yourself, that sounds great. I'm all for that. Except for what? That's not mathematically possible, ladies and gentlemen, because older folks generally cost insurance wise five times as much. You're wondering why your insurance costs went up? Because what insurance companies then were forced to do, because then they'd go out of business otherwise, you can't force insurance companies to charge people less than the product costs. It's like, we're going to, the government's mandating Corvettes cost $30,000. Yeah, but they're $70,000. Doesn't matter. Charge 30. GM would go out of business. They'd lose $40,000 a car. Is this hard for anyone to understand? Not my audience, but for liberal dunces listening, they don't get this. They can't do basic math. So what the insurance companies did, because they were losing a fortune on policies for older folks and people who were sick because they couldn't charge them what it would actually cost, is they just bumped up the price for younger people and everyone else. (laughs) Voila! Everyone else paid more. There was no way around the math. It's an... It's an immovable object math. What you cost, you cost. That's what you cost. Whether the government mandates you cost less or not, you're not going to cost less. You're just going to have to move the costs elsewhere, which is why everyone else's insurance went up and everyone's network shrunk. Then when you explain that to people, you say, hey, they mandated price caps through community rating on older folks' insurance. like, that's great. I love that. What a great idea. And you say, yeah, but here's the catch. They, yeah, the prices were capped on older folks through community rating, but you in turn are going to have to pay double. They're like, oh, wait wait, wait uh, minute. I'm, I'm not so sure I like that anymore. Hold on. That's what happened. Why do you think your insurance went up? Why, my plan was canceled. I tweeted it out yesterday. I still have the letter. Your plan will cease. I have it highlighted. It's on my Twitter and uh, parlor account right now. Look at it. Also, they had guaranteed issue making it even worse. Guaranteed issue, meaning you had to issue people an insurance policy, health insurance, at almost any time. So what did people do? Not only did they game the system, they went out, waited until they got sick, and then bought insurance. And people are like, oh, but that's that's great. Everybody should be able to get insurance at any time. Really? You're sure? So your whole life you've been paying premiums, right? Paying premiums. Living a relatively healthy life. And now all of, insu- all of a sudden, your insurance is going through the roof because your neighbor who does nothing, smokes, drinks, drives a motorcycle around recklessly, doesn't stop for stop signs. They waited until they got in a car accident and, God forbid, came down with lung cancer and then said, no, no, now I want insurance. And now your insurance is double because you have to pay for that. Now, when you tell people that, they're like, wait, wait, I don't. that, that doesn't sound fair to me because it's not. Obamacare sucks. It's running up against an immovable object, mathematics. That's why everybody's costs were going up. (sighs) Sorry, I don't mean to rant on this, but it's just infuriating how much ignorance out there by the left. People love Obamacare. Until you tell them what it is, then they hate it. Finally, on this you're going to lose, if Obamacare is repealed, you're going to lose, millions of people are going to lose their access with pre-existing conditions, are going to lose their health care. I have a pre-existing condition now. Sadly, it stinks. So does my wife. I've talked about it. Ladies and gentlemen, peak enrollment, peak for liberals, that means the top, the highest. Peak enrollment for Obamacare with people with pre-existing conditions was back in 2013. You know what the number is? Well, the Democrats told us it was hundreds of millions. Was it? No, that's just made up. They're just lying. Said no, the dog jumped. She thought she was doing something wrong. That's, they're making it up. Peak enrollment was 115,000 people. So even if Obamacare was fully repealed, fully repealed, and we allowed a market to produce lower costs and better health care, which would be a good thing, you would have 115,000 people in a lurch. We could literally give them $100,000 each and save ourselves trillions of dollars. I'm not suggesting that's, I'm just telling you, we could give them 100K each to manage their health condition, whatever it is, lupus, diabetes, cancer, HIV, whatever that pre-existing condition is, you could give them $100,000 each and you would still save yourself trillions of dollars. But the Democrats want you to pay everyone for everyone else all the time. Because redistribution is their thing. One more thing on the um, Amy Coney Barrett hearing. So again, they're lying about this, how millions of people are going to lose access to healthcare pre-existing conditions. Really? Then how come only 100,000 plus people uh, registered when they could do it? Because you're just lying. You're just making it up. One more thing on this. So, the Democrats, I told you yesterday hilariously with these media idiots who are just a total embarrassment, um, are now trying to claim that court packing, which has always, always, always meant adding seats to a court that were not there previously. That's what court packing means in plain English. The Democrats are trying to redefine the term court packing because they're morons to mean filling a seat. That's now empty, which that's never meant ever. Hat tip the great Peter Hassan at Daily Caller, who found this old PolitiFact, you know, one of these ridiculous liberal opinion sites they call that calls himself a fact checker. Here's how to show they'll change your mind on this, I'm sure, soon too. Here's PolitiFact from a while ago talking about the real definition of court packing. But this is when it was different. This is when they were going after Republicans they say Chuck Grassley stated that President Obama is trying to pack the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. So they're going after Chuck Grassley now as a Republican. Notice how their definition of court packing, it'll change soon, watch. Check this out from the PolitiFact piece. The claim that Obama is packing the D.C. Circuit Court largely runs counter to American legal and political history. Genuine court packing has involved one branch of government proposing to change the structure of the courts either by expanding or decreasing the number of judges. That's not what Obama's doing. We rate the claim false. <laughs> there it is. On the record, the liberal lunatics of PolitiFact telling you that the Democrats' narrative right now is totally fabricated, made up BS. Hat tip Peter Hassan for finding that one. They're just making that up. At no time in American history has the term court packing referred to filling an empty seat on a court structured as it is right now. It is referred to adding seats and changing the structure, period, full stop. They're just lying to you. And the media loves to parrot their lies because that's what they do. The show is pretty good today, right? I'm a little worried tonight. is like, we're on fire. I guess sometimes I get a little nervous, like the way the topics are structured and stuff. Today's show, I was like, I'm really digging this show today. I got more. I've got today and Joe Biden follies. Listen, I know we're not making fun of the guy, but the guy is running for president, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fair question to ask, is it not? If you're going to hold the nuclear football and have the ability in your hand to annihilate planet Earth, you should probably have your cognitive capacities intact. I'm just saying. We'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my uh, third sponsor for today. Our friends at all form. Now, you've heard me raving about Helix mattresses. Why? Because they're the best in the business, and we love them, and we have two of them. So I have great news. Helix has now gone beyond the bedroom, and they're making sofas. They launched a new company called All Form, and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. What makes them really cool? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Pick your fabric. Get it spill stain, and scratch-resistant. Pick the sofa color the color of the legs, the size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. You can always start small. Buy more seats later on if you want to expand. All Form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. If you want to order a sofa in the past, it could take weeks or even months to arrive. You'd need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All Form just takes three to seven days to arrive. In the mail, you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. Paula assembled ours for my daughter. She loves it. No tools needed. We have one. We dig it. It took about 10, 15 minutes to set up, and it is unbelievably comfortable. If you're getting a sofa without trying it in a store, if getting a sofa sounds a little risky, buying it in a store, you don't need to worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep your all form sofa. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. You will love it. They are beautiful. They are comfortable. They are premium materials. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Dan. Go today. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform, allfor com slash Dan, allform.com slash Dan, 20% off today. So, you know, yesterday we covered pretty extensively why it's, uh, and let me just put this in the beginning. Let me put a little warning. So I'm not in the predictions game, anymore. I'm trying to stay out of it. I hope the president wins. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying I'm having a really hard time believing these polls out there based on the sampling they're doing of Democrats versus Republicans and based on the complete lack of any enthusiasm whatsoever for Biden. I showed you a clip yesterday, a Biden rally with Paula had a great idea after the show. She we should have showed a picture of a Trump rally. Be like, look at all these people. Look at all these people. I mean, oh, just kidding. That was a Trump rally. Here's a Biden rally uh, where there was nobody there yesterday. So we showed you that. I've got a little more, a couple, a really funny one at the end of this um, segment here, where at a Biden rally, I think there are more Trump supporters at a Biden rally. But why? Why is there this lack of enthusiasm? And it's not perceived. It's real. Enthusiasm matters. People show up. Door knockers show up. We're not seeing any of that. Any of that with Biden. That's why it's really difficult to believe these polls showing President Trump down double digits. I, I would really... Put a hard pass on these polls, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't seem accurate. Now, just a quick tease: I'll have an election special coming up in a couple of weeks, right before the election. I'm gonna, I'm putting it together now. It's gonna be about an hour and a half show. I'm hoping to get two to three guests. I want to get a pollster on. I want to get um, someone from uh, the Trump campaign on. I want to give you a full spectrum analysis of the campaign. So, uh, I, you know, coming up, that's gonna be an interesting show. But I, the pollsters I've spoken to are saying, "Listen, this is this can't be right." It can't be right. There's got, there has to be some sampling errors here. Now, why is there a lack of enthusiasm for Biden? Folks, my prior line of work, again, we were involved in political campaigns. I can't tell you how many times when Barack Obama was running against Hillary Clinton, when he won his first term, was running against Clinton and John McCain, obviously, as well. How many Secret Service agents called me and said, this guy's going to win? Obama, even though Hillary was considered the de facto nominee. Like, oh, Obama, he's got a shop at Hillary. Everybody's behind Hillary. Why? Because everywhere they went, the crowds were ridiculous. Kind of like Trump now. Biden is none of that. And the reason is because of segments like this here. Here's yesterday, a guy who clearly, again, cannot seem to get out of his own way and can't doesn't appear able to handle the rigors of the job at all. Here's clip number one of Biden yesterday. You may have seen this. It's a short one, less than 10 seconds, where again, he forgets the office he's actually running for. Unbelievable. Check this out. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. I mean, folks, listen, I, I stuff happens. It stuff happens once in a while. I mean, I'm sure I made mistakes when I was running for Congress versus the Senate. But really, the man's running for the presidency of the United States. He's repeatedly screwed this up. All right, you may give him a pass on that. That's fine. Again, I'm not poking fun. I don't think this is funny. I want to be crystal clear. I know Joe doesn't either. This, we've had this in my family. This is the man is running for the presidency, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm asking you a simple question, and I hope this is fair. Putting aside my political differences with former Vice President Biden for a moment, if this man. Joe Biden was coming to your house and auditioning for a job to be a caregiver for someone in your house, and you saw this cognitive decline, you'd feel very bad for him, like we feel bad for him now. I do. But that doesn't mean you're going to hire him to take care of your kids, does it? He said, "Dan, of course not. My kids could get hurt. He could forget something. But you want to hire him to be the president? Really? Here's another one where he forgets the name of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. You know, Mitt Romney, who they ran against in the second term. Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan ticket. I mean, the fact that I have to repeat this for some of the liberal listeners is disturbing because Joe Biden doesn't even know his, know his name. He calls him the Mormon guy. the Mor- <laughs> Which, by the way, that's all you remember is his religion. The Mormon guy? You don't remember anything else about him? Joe Biden yesterday running against the Mormon guy or whatever. Check this out. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, uh, the the governor, okay? The the governor, the the Mormon guy. Yeah, you took him on. Yeah, you took him on, right? You don't remember his name. Again, I ask you a simple question. If this man was running to be a babysitter for your kids, and displayed cognitive impairment symptoms like this guy does, would you hire him? The answer is, of course not. But you'd vote for him for president if you're a Democrat. makes a whole bunch of sense. Okay. Now, that explains why there's no enthusiasm for Joe. Number one, Joe lies to everyone. He is a con man, and he's not a good man. I'm sorry, independent of his sad medical condition there, or apparent one. Uh, Joe Biden's not a good person. He's leveraged his position throughout decades of public service uh to make himself and his family rich at your expense which is disgusting and gross he's not a good man he lies to everyone he tells moderates he's a moderate liberals he's a liberal he lies to everyone as i've repeatedly said on fox news at night that's why there's no enthusiasm for him people know he can't handle the job they know he's a liar and they know he's a con man this is hilarious i want you to pay attention because i played this for paul she didn't get what i was doing here Joe, I had to kind of make this. This is a this is at a Joe Biden rally yesterday, dreaded air quotes. <laughs> I want you to listen to what's going on in the background because you notice you're not going to hear anything from the Joe Biden rally. You're just going to hear some chanting in the background. And it's not from Biden's supporters. Check this out. You thanks <laughs> for that introduction. Thanks for the introduction. That's Trump supporters in the background screaming four more years. For the liberals listening, in case you don't know, that means four more years for Trump, not for Biden. Those were Trump supporters at a Biden rally. Biden's like, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Four more years? Four more years for Trump? There were more Trump supporters there than Biden people. Folks, I don't believe these polls. I'm sorry. Again, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not in the predictions business. Could the president lose? Sadly, I hope he doesn't. Country will be finished. but I don't believe these polls one bit. I just don't believe them. They cannot be right. It doesn't comport with the information we openly have available on the ground. You're an idiot not to process it. Maybe he's down, but he ain't down 16. I can tell you that. All right, moving on. I saw this interesting article this is, this is key because there are so many swing states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, other places throughout the union may not be so swingy as those two states, but where natural gas fracking is a huge deal. And I'm really tired. They're talking about hydraulic fracturing of rock, otherwise known as fracking, and horizontal drilling. In case you don't know what this is, this is a technique invented over the last few decades to fracture rock using water, hydraulic fracturing of rock. The natural gas then seeps out of the rock, and they've learned to drill horizontally, not just down, and maximize their ability to extract natural gas from the ground. The United States is a pioneer in this field, and it has been, to call it a revolution, in energy development in this country is understatement of the millennia. It has changed the entire energy picture of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like fracking or not. I'm not suggesting there aren't downsides. There are downsides to everything. The question is, are there more upsides than downsides? And the answer, I believe, with hydraulic fracturing, otherwise known as fracking, are yes. What's weird about fracking is it's been the biggest boon of all to who? The environmental movement, which hates fracking. That doesn't make sense, Dan. It's really, Dan. Let's check out this Wall Street Journal article. Because, you know, facts matter and stuff, which you get on this show, but you won't get on other shows. Especially the liberal ones, which lie to you all the time. Wall Street Journal. Kamala Harris gets a fracking education. Pence is right. Shale drilling for natural gas has cut CO2 emissions. Wait, wait. It cuts you... The liberals told us that fracking was causing CO2 emissions to go through the roof. Fracking is terrible. It's because they just don't know what they're talking about. They never do. Look at this from the Wall Street Journal piece. According to this report, energy-related CO2 emissions in the United States fell 2.8% last year as many utilities replaced coal and heating oil with less expensive natural gas. Hydraulic fracturing combined with horizontal drilling has unleashed a gusher of natural gas production in the Midwest and Southwest. As a result, natural gas prices have plunged, putting many coal plants out of business. I don't have a big issue with coal. I'm not knocking coal. I'm just telling you liberals hate coal and the free market competition of natural gas has caused the coal business to go down and down and down. But liberals don't tell you any of that because liberals don't care about the facts. Again, coal's a valuable piece of our energy economy. There's no doubt about that. But liberals will tell you none of this. So the CO2, carbon dioxide production in the United States has gone down. I thought, wait, wait, I thought we were super emitters or super polluters and the rest of the world are all the good guys but us. They're not telling, no, we're, our, our CO2 production is going down. Again, facts, I know facts and stuff are really hard for you. Just quickly to the other piece because I want to move on and get this TikTok story, which I love. But again, CO2 emissions from coal declined by more than 50%, not five, folks, 50% from 2007 to 2019, the report notes, and by 15% in 2019 alone. Between 2016 and 2019, the share of electricity generated by natural natural gas rose to 38% from 33%. CO2 emissions have dropped that dramatically, 50% for the last decade? Yes. Oh, I thought we were super polluters. The United States, we need draconian new green new deals. You're just an idiot then. I'm sorry. You don't have any ability to grasp basic data and facts. You're just talking. You can't say it. Because we're on terrestrial radio now. Junk. You're just talking junk. I'm sorry you don't know what you're talking about. You remind me of the people telling you, for your appeal, Obamacare, millions of people with pre-existing conditions will lose their health care. Really? You mean the same ones that never applied for pre-existing condition coverage under Obamacare? Because there's never been millions, ever. There's been a tenth of a million at 100,000. You mean the same people that say they love Obamacare? Until you tell them what Obamacare is, they're like, no, 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 that doesn't sound good. Well, maybe do your homework first. Sorry, I'm a little hostile that I haven't done what he shows in a long time. I just can't take the stupidity. We're human beings in a fallible world where there's constant trade-offs between bad and good things. Acting like one thing is universally good, one thing is universally bad, without going through that calculus of getting the facts, is just moronic. It is the very hallmark of a childlike behavior. My daddy's stronger than your daddy. Huh? What? That's what that is. Repeal Obamacare. Everybody's going to die. What are you talking about? Do you even know what Obamacare is? No, but that sounded good when I said it. All right. My final sponsor. I'm like, this TikTok story makes me laugh. I know I've been teasing it the whole time because it's so funny. It just goes to show, again, how dopey liberals are. They, They really are. They're just morons. They tried to make a point to sabotage a Trump rally again, and they wound up donating to the Trump campaign. Today's show brought to you by my good friends at Liquid IV, folks. Here we go. I'm going to open this in a second. Flu season's right around the corner with winter months approaching. It's more important than ever to have a strong immune system. We all know that. That's why Liquid IV created hydration multiplier plus immune support to maintain and strengthen your immune system. I'm going to crack this baby open right there. Check these packets out. You dump one of these delicious tasting packets in water. What does it have? The hydration multiplier plus immune support. It's a cutting edge blend of vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and Wellmune in a convenient single serving packet you dump in water. Tastes delicious. Wellmune is a naturally sourced beta glucan that's proven to help strengthen your immune system. We can use that now. Each packet is bursting with fresh, natural tangerine flavor. The blend is powered by cellular transport technology designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other nutrients. <coughs> Excuse me. When you, maybe I need one today. When you purchase Liquid IV, you're joining the mission to help people secure better lives everywhere. With every purchase, Liquid IV donates a serving of Liquid IV to someone in need. That's a very nice one. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. It's a great company. I love having them on board. Liquid IV's new hydration multiplier plus immune support is available at Walmart or order online and get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code Bongino at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today. We use this stuff in our house. My wife loves it, uses their hydration multiplier to work out. Get better hydration today, liquidiv.com. Use promo code Bongino. Check them out. All right, so hilarity ensued. I saw this story at Red State; they're really terrific. So, just so you have some background on what happened here, when President Trump went back to rallies a few months ago, remember the Tulsa, Oklahoma rally? They, the crowd wasn't what they anticipated, but it was substantial. My, from uh, my contacts, it was between six and ten thousand people, which is about five thousand nine hundred ninety-nine more people than a Biden rally at its best. So. They had the rally in Tulsa, but what happened was a bunch of uh, younger folks on TikTok, which is a an app associated with the Chinese Communist Party, sadly, um, when they're trying to sell that now, the TikTokers, right, they wound up going and reserving tickets for the Tulsa rally and sabotaged it because those tickets then weren't available for others. Nah. So Red State has a piece up by Brandon Morris. TikTok tried sabotaging Republicans again. They tried the same stunt scam. But they ended up helping them bigly. This is great. So you you get the scam. It's pretty simple. Go tell your TikTok friends to reserve seats at a Tulsa rally for President Trump. Therefore, real Trump supporters don't get in. And then you just don't show up. And it therefore looks empty. They tried that again at an outdoor rally. But the President Trump campaign team, of course, outsmarted them. Because, again, a lot of these liberals just really aren't that bright. So what did they do this time? Well, from the Red State piece, which is citing other people, you should read it yourself. So according to the New York Post, they had to deter the tricksters this time with a $5 non-refundable fee, which was added to the sign-up. But these super smart and totally clever TikTok tricksters didn't read the fine print. According to the New York Post. By the time the October 3rd rally, this recent one, began in a commercial parking lot on the South Shore, the Trump haters had shelled out $15,785 to buy more than 3,000 vouchers they had no intention of using. They hate the president so much, they're willing to donate to the Republican Party to troll him, a guy named Landry said. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you may say, well, all right, so these... Dopey kids on TikTok, whatever, donated $15,000 for seats they didn't plan on using. Ladies and gentlemen, they weren't seats. It was an outdoor parking lot. Whether you paid or not, it didn't matter. You didn't take any space from someone else. (laughs) Oh. 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 Nice job, kids. Well done. $15,000 donation goes a long way. Buys you a nice cable news spot. Well done. You may want to read the fine print next time. Geniuses. (laughs) And, And by the way, what you don't understand either is by registering these things and even giving your emails, those email lists are sold later. Whether those emails are active or not or relevant, those email lists are sold. You're still generating more money for the Trump campaign. So whatever you think you're doing, you are not doing. You're actually contributing in kind or in actual cash to the Trump campaign effort. Not that bright. Right, Paula? Geniuses. All right. My last story of the day, but an important one. Folks, we haven't covered the coronavirus in a while, um, at least in any detailed manner, because there hasn't been, sadly, any more breaking news. It's still a plague on our country. We're still working on it. Operation Warp Speed for the vaccine seems to be coming along, which I'll get to in a minute, even the New York Times. Shocker. A moment of actual journalism, had to admit that the Trump efforts at a vaccine are going really well. I'm not kidding. It's in the New York Times. I'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to cover a really important piece by Dan Hannon and the Washington Examiner. It's in the show notes again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read this. Um, I really appreciate it. It'd be worth your time. Because Sweden, which did not engage in draconian lockdowns, but did basic health measures, has been under relentless attack by panic merchants in the media. Headline, Dan Hannon, Washington Examiner. This drives liberals nuts, by the way. It's the case of Sweden. The better Sweden does on the coronavirus, the angrier they get. This is sick. Sweden, again, which did not do draconian lockdowns, did some basic health measures, but did not do what liberals wanted, which was to shut down and destroy and annihilate the entire economy. That really candidly pissed the liberals off. They hated that. So now liberals and their media panic merchants who need you fully invested in panic so they can blame the panic on Donald Trump. You get it, right? You dig? Yeah. Now can't stand it that Sweden is having some modicum of success in fighting the coronavirus. So what are they doing? They're just inventing fairy tales. So Dan Hannon goes through each one of the fairy tales to attack Sweden and debunks them because, again, as has been the theme of the whole show today, liberals lie. That's what they do. It's the hallmark of liberalism. It's why it's a forest fire on the face of humankind. Myth number one about Sweden. Well, Sweden only is doing well now because it's not really population dense. So Hannon says, well, Sweden does have a low population density if you divide its population by its land area. But Swedes are not evenly spaced out. Oh, oh, okay. Most of them live in towns and cities. 85% of the population occupies 2% of its surface area. The idea that Swedes live shyly amongst the birch trees Plunging into their chilly lakes at the footfall of a stranger is one of the oddest arguments to have come out of this whole unedifying debate. Again, ladies and gentlemen, liberals lie. It's the hallmark of liberalism. Sweden's only doing well because it's not population dense. No, folks, it is. A lot of people live in a small space in Sweden, meaning, because you have a tough time with this, it is population dense when you actually go to where the people are. What's myth number two? Oh, they did terrible, Sweden. People died everywhere. Don't replicate Sweden. We were right the whole time when we lied to you. Quote, Dan Hannan's piece. While it is true that Sweden has had more coronavirus fatalities than other Nordic states, but you got to remember, the lockdown was only intended to buy time. Infection rates in these other places are now rising faster in the rest of Scandinavia as things catch up. That's not a good thing. That's a horrible thing. Those are human lives being lost. But ladies and gentlemen, the lockdowns they did everywhere but Sweden postponed the deaths until later. They didn't make them go anywhere. So the lockdowns did nothing. Sweden basically, sadly, had front-loaded a lot of fatalities by not locking down in draconian fashion. But has developed measures and the ability to keep their people economically afloat and be able to survive themselves without doing the same thing, and the death rates, sadly, are catching up elsewhere. Again, liberals just lie to you all the time. One more. Sweden, oh my gosh, the effect in the economy was devastating, worse than everywhere else. Again, I know you don't do data, facts, and stuff, but that's not what the data actually says about Sweden. As for the argument that the Swedish economy has taken as bad a hit as everyone else's, it's nonsense. They're a medium-sized country. They were affected by the downturn and voluntary social distancing. But Sweden got off more lightly than most. Yes, liberals, more lightly than vote, most. Can you read? Its GDP dropped by 8.3% in the second quarter compared to 2019. In the US, the drop was 9.5%. In Germany, 11%. In Canada, 13 In Britain, 21%. And in Spain, 22%. Can you do basic math? In 2020 as a whole, according to the new paper, Sweden is expected to see a three point three percent contraction, compared to four point three percent for the U.S., five point eight percent for the U.K., and eight point three for the eurozone. Again, I know you don't do basic math in your ridiculous talking points about how Sweden's collapsing and falling apart because they didn't do what you told them to do and lock down in draconian fashion. But your talking points are just lies. You just made them up. You, I don't know who you got them from. If you just randomly pulled them out of your wazoo, I'm not sure. But none of what you're saying is actually true. Finally, as I opened up with on this segment, even the New York Times reluctantly has had to admit that President Trump's whole of government effort to combat this plague is working in many respects. This is from the New York Times. Not a joke. They're starting to come to around and we can't ignore this forever. New York Times, Don McNeil, a dose of optimism as the pandemic rages on. Optimism, we don't have that. President Trump ruined everything. Everybody's dying. The country's falling apart. It's a walking dead. Officer Rick's coming out with the ax and the, and the revolver. But that's not what people are seeing. From the New York Times piece. This is, I, I mean, I was stunned to read this, but an act of actual journalism at the New York Times is worth celebrating. It says, sometime in the next three months, health experts say the FDA is likely to begin granting approval to vaccines now in the works. Despite the chaos in day-to-day politics and the fighting over issues like masks and lockdowns, Operation Warp Speed appears to have been working with remarkable efficiency. It's put more than $11 into seven vaccine candidates, and the FDA says it will approve one that is at least 50% effective at at preventing infection or reducing its severity. Sounds like what the president's been telling you, right? That they've had an all of government, and all in approach to combating this thing and that it's worked with remarkable efficiency. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to close on this note. Before Donald Trump, when was the last time you heard the words remarkable efficiency ever associated with government? I'll leave that. I'll leave that. Out. I'm just going to throw that, a bunt that one out there. You can pick it up and throw it to first base. When was the last time you heard that? Joe, how old are you? Are you in your 50s? Yet? No, I'm, really I'm in my sure. 60s, dude. Oh, he's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six, no. Mm-hmm. Are you. I, how many times have I asked you how old you are? No. Yeah, Joe looks good. He looks like the young Elvis. He's not like the gravy sweat Elvis. He looks like a young... You know, the young, handsome elves. That's just shocking. Joe, in your 60 years on this mm-hmm. planet, do you ever remember the term <laughs> remarkable efficiency? But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, tripping that. Absolutely You're a little older than me. Absolutely never. <laughs> uh, no. And Joe's been in this space a very long time, folks. Believe me. He's been in political talk radio um, almost as long as I've been alive. I don't remember that term no. either. But now the New York Times no. has to fess up to the truth that a businessman in charge started to look at government like he looked at business and found efficiencies where efficiencies have never been found before. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Um, I deeply appreciate you all picking up my new book. I promised you I wouldn't hammer you with it. Um, I didn't get to do a lot of PR last week for obvious reasons. So I'll be doing some Mark Levin Radio, Breitbart Radio and others this week. Promoting It's called Follow the Money. We didn't get to number one yesterday on uh, Amazon, but we did stick get to number three, which I was very proud of. So I'm uh, very happy. The book's been doing great. Thanks to you and your support. I really appreciate it. Please pick up a copy. And if you would, please go to Parlor, Follow me on Parlor today. Get away from these tech tyrants. And please watch my video show on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. We got all kinds of people over on Rumble. Buck Sexton, Joe Pags, Diamond and Silk and others. You don't need to go to YouTube anymore. Don't give them Detect Terrence your money. Thanks, folks. We'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.